0: podcast dedicated to the fans of Stereophonics, their stories, memories, fun times. I'm Paul Smith and this is Keep the Podcast Alive. Hello and welcome to Keep the Podcast Alive. I'm Paul Smith I guess this week is Jordan Thorne. Jordan, how are you doing, mate? You good?
1: All good, mate. It's all good. You?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. Um, how you been? How's... Uh, I know we're not in lockdown anymore, but how's uh, COVID been treating you?
1: All good, but all good. It's one of those things where so, I work in sort of the creative agents, well, creative industry, um, mm-hmm. so a lot of our work is all digital work anyway. Um, okay, easy to do from home? It is, yes. Yeah. So because of that benefit, obviously we can send the team to go and work from home and everything like that over the past year. Um, but obviously on top of that, i are play in some more sort of proactive to the fact there's a lockdown and everybody wants to turn digital now. So we sort of reap the rewards from that as well. So from um, my sort of area then, I suppose lockdown's been a pretty good benefit, I suppose.
0: Happy days, happy days. Yeah, same year I'm... Uh... I'm still working from home, but, you know, I think a lot of companies now are realising that working from home can work, you know? Um, why pay thousands and thousands for office spaces and stuff
1: when, you know, people are using their, their box bedrooms? Exactly, but I think that's the sort of, one of the biggest changes that come out of it. I think. It's either going to be that, or it's going to be the fact that people want a bit more flexibility with the work-life balance. Absolutely, um, absolutely. We, we've seen that from a younger sort of generation who want to be more remote working when you've got others that want to have more time with the kids so I think it is it is going to change for the better I think in that regard I think it is going to yeah. be a lot of sort of strapped to your desk nine till five and um, all that malarkey I think uh, that's the one thing is going to come out of it Absolutely absolutely um, where you from the run isn't it George Yeah so I was born in the there so sort of my story is a little bit weird so those probably listening and do know me Um have you heard me say that I'm from Aberdeen throughout my lifetime because yeah, I was born in Ronda but I went to Comp in Aberdeen, so I went to St. John's in Aberdeen at 11.
0: labour. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: all my, so all my sort of upbringing and sort of life stories then sort of evolved for me going to Aberdeen school. So, yeah, so in, I initially say I'm born in there, but I'll always say that um, I'm from Aberdeen effectively.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I know a lot of people who went to St. John's, it's one of those schools where you People do come from quite far away to go to that school, don't they? The Ronda, Merthyr, where yeah, my, yeah, my school, Mountain Ash Comp, You know, you you, you went, you you're from Mountain Ash, and, and that's, that's it. it. <laughs>
1: that's the only place You went, like. yeah, yeah, but I think even from even from yeah, about, yeah. five buses going over. So obviously, it's a popular school. For people in the Rhonda, like you know. And then on top of that, then, yeah. I think it was probably a 60-40 split, I think 60 were up day before they were. And um, Ronda and Murtha combined, so um, yeah, 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 In a kind of mix of people, like,
0: yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah, so obviously, first episode of the podcast, um, dedicated to, well, my favorite band, I'm not sure about you, but Stereophonics.
1: Yeah. um,
0: you 32, you are right, so, uh, um, yeah. you know, a little, what's I don't know camera, mate, <laughs> yeah, but uh,
1: yeah, 32. <laughs>
0: What's your, what's your first sort of memory or first, um, I guess, how did you discover the band?
1: So I think, um, as with everything music related in my life, it probably came from my old man. Um, obviously, I was one of the kids who at like 11, 12 years of age when all my friends were more like sort of the punk scene, a bit into the metal scene, everything like that. I was the kid walking around with the Eagles in my headphones. Uh, okay. Um, it wasn't really, it wasn't really like to a church school when you're listening to, uh, you know, Life in the Fast Lane and that sort of stuff and everything like that. But it essentially was, yeah, the 11, 12-year-old walking around with like a uh, victim of love playing in my headphones. So everything, <laughs> music-wise, came from my father, effectively. Mm-hmm. And he just constantly had it on in the car. So, like one of my earliest memories of so in 97, we would get to around, came up about a month before my brother was born. Um, right. So obviously your age gap there. Um, and I just remember being able to see the CD cover with one of those massive Woolworths stickers on it. That's a 7-year-old. Ah, 19- yeah. Um, <laughs> Woolworths, remember them? Woolworths, <laughs> that. And that's where they came from. So I think, I think he bought it in Woolworths, it's of possibly. I'm not quite sure, but I just remember seeing the CD with a massive sort of um, Woolworths sticker on there. So that was one of my earliest memories. But I think as I then got older, I think we we'll probably reflect on this more as we talk later on. I think yeah. we almost became sort of like a little bit of a myth in a sense, because obviously my older cousin went to St. John's before me. So I was used to going all rabbit there anyway. So when yeah. you combine the fact that I grew up in a car, I listened, I played the Eagles, I played Journey, looking at your foreigners, everything like that. Um, these are big american bands right and my dad used to make like mixtapes and play in the car so every time you listen to the eagles it'd be cut in with a little bit of foreigner a little bit of journey a little bit of like your credence clearwater revival then all of a sudden the stereo would come through so as an eight year old a nine year old you're looking at sort of listening to music as very americana focused mm-hmm. um but then when you hit Mardi mountain and a particular song comes on, and you're thinking that you're listening to an American band, and it's this big sort of idea in your head at that age, isn't it? Um, sort of sort of listening to something from another country in a sense. Um yeah. you draw an old body mountain, and then your dad comes around and say, Oh, are these players here come from there, and you look mm-hmm. right to have a day and you see commandment. Settling between the three or two mountains, this is this little town when you can see the little houses. They obviously drew this sort of mythical sense around them. Because as an eight year old, nine year old, you're looking at that thinking, how am I listening to music that is intercut with, like I said, the Eagles and that sort of thing, but they come from literally just down the road, like right there. Yeah. Um, so for me, there was obviously sort of, they became giants as, for me as a kid, because obviously you're looking at that thinking, Christ, I'm listening to this music, my dad's playing me. And in amongst all those great bands, a, a band that were like just as much as them, but they literally come from like that little like, mining village right there. So for me, it was always that memory of that's where they came from. So every time you go over day, you look right. And you, and you know exactly where they are where at the point. And you can look down and see And So for me, it was always that sort of connection to them of like, well, that town looks like my town. That looks like Estadronda. That looks like, you know, where St. John's is. So for me, it was always a case of they became sort of lastly, hometown heroes, I suppose. They became giants effectively because you're an eight-year-old, you're a nine-year-old looking at and listening to somebody who sounds big and sounds very American in the terms of storytelling then. Um, But you're actually relating in a better way because you can understand some of the lyrics and all the stories are pointing at. But yet again, they only come from a little village down the road. So for me, yeah, that's my sort of first introduction was almost seeing that album cover hearing the story through the songs and then realizing that they are literally a stone so away from where i grew up so I, I think if you put all that into a melting pot that becomes sort of quite an inspiring thing then i think especially people my age at the time when you're eight or nine like i said and you go into a comp over the other valley where these big sort of rock stars come from in your mind at that age um it's quite inspiring so that's what well, that was sort of my first really early memories of them and obviously then as you grow older, you hear the stories around them, you meet some of them, and that's when you realise actually that you've built them up from a young age to be giants, and actually they're just normal, down-to-earth people. Um, I say,
0: that's it. They, they, they're, they're one of
1: us, aren't they? They are one yeah, of us. Yeah, I think to me, 100%. And I think it was always that sort of element of like roots and wings. So obviously when they leave a town, they go away, you always have this image in your head of what they're gonna be like. And then obviously when you do hear or you did unfortunately you hear the laugh of Stuart Cable sitting in the pub next to you, it was a big bellowing laugh. Um, you realise that their roots are so grounded and they just flew for a little bit and came back home some of them. So yeah, no, it was always that sort of mythical sense that they were giants and you use stories of them and you listen to the songs and the lyrics and everything like that. And Actually, when you do get to meet them, then most down to the people you can meet. So, yeah, it's always that really, really nice contrast. But to take it back, I think yeah, my earliest memories were my old man playing with I Guess around when I first came out and being told that that's where they come from. And it's only as you grow yeah. and mature yourself, then you find out what the stories and the songs relate to. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Great story. I mean, from my, my, um, my memories, I think I came across, across the band I, I I think I started listening to them just to fit in with my friends to be honest. Um yeah. you know I, I was you say you were you were an eight year old in nineteen ninety seven I would have been thirteen, thirteen slash fourteen. So I'm I'm in sort of year nine at school. Yeah. Um and and I just remember one of my mates saying oh stereophonics are on top of the pops tonight. And I was like, who? And because it sort of, for me at that point, I didn't listen to a lot of music. It, you know, was the raid in my house? Spice Girls were quite big. Um, take that while I was on the radio. You know, yeah. M people I think were quite big at that point. Um, yeah. So that, those were the type of mu- that was the type of music that I was hearing. You know, on the radio in my house. So my mate was like, ah. Oh, Phonics are on, on top of the Pops, like, and I was like, okay, who? And when they told me, obviously, you know, this band, they're just from Commandment, you know, Mount Comp is probably, I don't know. Four miles away? If, if that. Probably, probably not even that, to a mile or two from Commandment. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, they told me, this is who they are, this is where they're from, and I was like, right, okay. And I went home from school that day, and I was like, I made my dad program the video recorder to tape Top of the Pops for me, so I go watch... The VHS, is it? <laughs> on the old VHS.
1: But you got to put it on loop play just to make sure you get the full episode in.
0: Exactly, exactly. I peel off that little tab so no one can you ever tape it. over it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: so they... I can't even remember what song they played um, on Top of the Pops, but anyway, I was like, wow, these boys are like less than 10 minutes up the road from me on top of the pops. Yeah. And I was like, I guess a bit like you, I, I looked up to them. as like superstars, but yeah. from my area, um, and I remember I, I went into school and I told, told my mates, you know, what? I really loved whatever song they played. I can't remember what it was. Great song. This yeah. is my band, you know? Um, and I remember the same guy coming back to me, um, maybe about a week later and he gave me a cassette and he was like, have a listen to this. And he told me that it was this Stereophonics' new album. Now at this point, I I don't know if it was the upcoming Word Gets Around or Word Gets Around had been released and it was the next album, um, Performance of Cocktails. But I listened to it and there wasn't many songs that actually made any of those albums on there. Yeah. But I listened to it and it had songs like um, a lot of the B sides like Poppy Day and Raymond's Shop on there. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'll always like, remember. I listen- and
2: like- I- changed, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those type of songs. Um, and I, I listened to this cassette, right? Non stop, non stop. And I'll always remember um, I love this one song. And I live. I think I lived with my nan. Or I spent a lot of time in my nan's house at that point. So every every evening, me and my nan would play cards. Yeah. And I was playing cards with my nan, and I was like, "Do you mind if I listen to my music whilst we play cards?" So I put this tape on. Um, I'm listening to it. Blah blah blah. How how do you know this song? A, this band are like really new. Probably forty years, you know, after your time in music. And it turns out the song that she was listening to and it was the first time, uh, first time that I'd ever heard it you know sang it was Summertime. Oh yeah. Um, and she told me all about like um, Louis Armstrong
1: you know yeah, it's yeah, a Louis yeah.
0: Armstrong song and I was like what? I've never heard it before. It's a cracking yeah. song but anyway my nan was singing along the Stereo Punks before I was. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I found the band anyway. Um, I like that yeah, yeah.
1: It, I think what I find, I mean, when you, well, not definitely now, anyway, now I'm older, is so when you go to gigs of theirs, there is sort of transend sort of generation. So there's there's kids there who ten, eleven, twelve, 10, 11, 12, and then there's people there in their 60s, 70s, you know? Absolutely. Um, I can give it the nail on the head. Even in the early days, I think their influences were so strong to people around the area at the time who were older, That's why they could sort of get into the style of phonics. Like my old band, really, obviously, he he would have been about my age level older than I am now back then. And okay, yeah, you would go into a band, but I wouldn't get into modern bands now. Looking back, he probably wouldn't have either. He would have stuck with stuff that came out in the 80s and the 70s. But obviously, because they were inspired by them, I think they probably connected with them on on another level than anybody else. So you always look at it similar to, if you look at Blur come out at the same time, right? Look at Oasis come out at the same time, phonics come out we being from where we're from and the influence of sort of like the Eagles and everything like that then, that was big in the 70s and into the 80s, a lot more people could connect with that, especially in our area. So I think that's why they probably, to us, then overcame the popularity of your Blues, your Age eds, your um, Oasis, because I think that older generation did connect to them as well, purely because of the influence that was coming through. So... Yeah, I'm not really surprised that uh, your nan was uh, big in that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, um, obviously, um, you know, you, you know, when you're in a pub um, and you hear Stuart's laugh, uh, yeah. I'm guessing you've been in that
1: situation. Yeah, yeah. So my mates can tell the stories a bit better than I can. Um, my memory isn't as vivid as it, but it was always quiz nights in the Mount players and have a day. So he was always. In there, you pop your head in the well sharp, he'd be in there, and then obviously, as we got older, then when the short and shell was around, um, I think it's Elliot's now, I think I think it's called, I can't remember now, it's called, but yeah, yeah, he'd pop his head in there to the rock nights. So, obviously, we followed that sort of scene anyway, and he would pop up because he was an avid boy through and through, so it was all really avoided him. But yeah, there's always vivid memories of sitting there doing a pub quiz, and I saw the years bellowing laughter, and and it was him, but it was never of um It was never sort of an arrogance when so an ego to him. He just had an aura to him because he was just infectious. I think you could talk to him and he genuinely would come across like a normal bloke. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. then where start the start starts to blur. So when you, when you go from the age of eight to 11, 12, listen to them thinking they are like these big, massive giants because that's when you built them up to be in your mind because of where you're from and because of where they're from and the fact that they escaped the valley of medicine like a success themselves. When you then see one of them walk into a pub, you're a little bit starstruck and you don't, you're, you're naturally gone to them. But then you realise that they order the same pints as you. Now, if this is going out then people read not like you on Facebook and like that, then this is back in days when we could legally drink the 12, 13 years of age, you know? <laughs> when I just had my lager top so I thought I was big and hard and I'd order a Bloch's drink and he'd order sort of something similar, the same, and you're thinking, actually, do you know what? There's a there's a common ground here it was somebody I've always built up to be a giant. So, yeah, there was always this sort of infectious sort of quality to him, I think. Um, and yeah, like, there's always memories of that you put, And you would you go and play um, pool in the back of the uh, Welsh Harp and he'd be in there and he'd be laughing. And he just, he drew attention to himself because he was infectious, really. So then that doesn't really leave your mind because, like I said, you're meeting your heroes effectively or you're being around them, but you're realising that they are quintessential Valley which is what we are. And yeah, exactly. It's sort of then that line comes blurred of, well, actually, yeah, they've accomplished quite a lot, but he's just a really, really nice bloke to go with it. And I think yeah. that what was the redeeming quality with him, I think, was the fact that he could just still walk in a pub and still be Stuart from Commandment. He, was, he never walked into a pub and was Stuart from Stereophonics.
2: It was always no. this
1: thing of he's one of us and he made you feel like he was, you no, know, you, you were like him, effectively, you know? And it was always stories of his parties where he put you know, ACDC on to five o'clock in the morning. He's blasting out the speakers and everything like that. And everybody idolised him and wanted to go to his parties. But um, yeah, it was just one of those things where I think that did a well of good, getting to see him and getting to know what he's like, because that sort of pushed us on to follow them further then,
0: if you will. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, i've I've never had the... To, to bump into him in a in a pub like yourself. Um, I never really went drinking in Aberdeer um, until...
1: Oh, you missed out. You missed out, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I must have been sort of, I don't know, close to 20 um, before I went drinking in Aberdeer. I was always drinking in the mountains. But for all yeah. times, I remember, you know, my dad usually on his Christmas works too. Works too. Um, I mean, he didn't go out drinking much, but he, they'd go out for their Christmas works too. Um, and yeah. probably three or four years in a row, I'd get a text, oh, um, you know, Stuart's in the pub, Stuart's in the pub. And I'd always yeah. be like, oh, get me an autograph, Dad, get me an autograph. And I remember one time he called me um, and he was like, oh, Stuart's in the pub, Stuart's in the pub. He, and all of a sudden, he, hiya, bud, all right? <laughs> and Stewart's on the blower, and I, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to say. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're all right," uh, and that was pretty much <laughs> all I could say because, you know, yes, he's he's one of us, but I was like, "This is a guy that
1: in your mind you built him up." He's like
0: one of my idols. He's one of my idols, and he's yeah. just come on the blow and been all right, but yeah, and, and that, that was the
1: best bit. That was his greatest quality, I think, which just the fact that. You know, Chris had come yeah. to where it was. at this
0: age, I'd be like, I'd love to walk into a pub. Yeah, I'd love to walk into a pub and see Kelly or Rich sitting there. And I'd be, like, you know, just to sit down and have a pint, and maybe not even talk to them, just be in their sort of company. Yeah. You know, just to just to feel what it's like. I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I've always do. Like, yeah. Richard, I think I met, I seen at a wedding once. And all I've ever really been told is that he was probably the poor opposite of Stuart in some ways when he was a bit quiet, which is shy nice. Guy. Shy yeah, shy guy, sort of, um, sort of inwardly, I suppose. Yeah, shy is probably the best to describe him. That's what, that's what I viewed anyway, um, to the yeah. but um, Yeah, and, you know, it's just that, like I said, that is probably one of his most redeeming qualities was he just made you feel like you're his best mate and he was just like you, I suppose. Yeah. 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 No, no. Many people Absolutely. are going on onto your dad and say, "Check me the phone." And that that one
0: exactly, happened. exactly. So, um, that's um,
1: the story to sum him up. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I guess that one made him so lovable. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um. You know, he was that type of person.
1: Christ, um, mate. I remember, I remember going to his funeral. Um. So me, my best mate, best mate Gareth, went. Uh, the funeral, thinking, oh, we just go and pay our respects. But then, obviously, we got down to where the spoons are. There, a park number there, it's on the road. down by St John's Church. His parents came, and we just thought that would be a hand outside the church or whatever. All of a sudden, then, like the whole of Aberdey was out, and they blocked all yeah. the roads up. Marty Mountain was shut, yeah. everything yeah. And that. it's only then it hit home just how so many people he had met along the way, because it was everybody Absolutely. had a story to say, you know, whether it was in the Welsh shop. Yeah in the Mount players or whether he popped his head through the short and shell door is always a case where somebody had something to say about him and it got so yeah. big and at one point they brought the speakers out from the church and I always I remember the, the one situation where we were standing right at the gates to get into the church and we were going to go in but we just thought we looked back because obviously you don't want to be disrespectful too you just there to yeah, of take in his suppose, and pay your respects but he's the only guy I know and you've got to bear in mind because I went to St. John's, we went to St. like once a month with school, right? he's the only guy I know who ever would have had rock music playing in a church. And he had the, <laughs> the, the, the cover band from Aberdeer, I think uh, I forgot the call the eye voltage, I think it called. I just remember the guys running around in pants, but he had the bell towing, it was that loud in it, and it was just like. I just summed him up and then obviously yeah, and he got brought them in the body commandos and like there and that like what a send off that was you know but um, yeah. that was probably the most hard hitting bit was that every single person we were surrounded by and I mean now but we were shoulder to shoulder right um, yeah. you can move everyone had a story to tell and that's that's a legacy to leave I think that's
0: it I, I remember I, rem- I, I went there as well on his funeral and you couldn't get near you couldn't get oh. near anywhere um but you're right it it was you know, um the roads were lined, you yeah.
2: know
0: there was thousands and thousands. you could not get near the road, the church anywhere, and you're right, people were talking, and everybody was telling different stories yeah. Um, and yeah it just it just shows I guess what type of person he was um you know, exactly. everybody had great memories of him. What's your, what's your favourite gig you've ever been to, George?
1: Yeah, uh, you've got to go back to the earlier days, I suppose. There's always just one or two, uh, I think I've seen him in Bristol a couple of times, where they was pre-tour sort of gigs, but they obviously they were a bit more down to earth without any of the flashy lights and anything, that They were always great back in the day because they always reminded me just how good they were as musicians and how tight they were as a group. Um, you've got to go back to your more funny card if done it for me anyway in particular because that's the sort of that to me in my personal opinion i know many people are going to come on this i know a lot of people going to see it on facebook will disagree but to me that was like the pinnacle of what the phonics were well when they were at their best i think um being from where we are and those first two three albums and when they two were in the back of those albums those were them At their best, I think. So I'm always going to go back to your more present Cardiff um, castles for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I I probably agree with you, to be honest. I, after Cheats maybe, yeah, I kind of lost interest in them, to be honest. And I think think that...
1: Yeah, at the same time. I think when you look at your sex, writers, language other... Yeah. That's why you went down, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think... Obviously um there was a bit of a over Mr. Writer and a lot of people refused to play their music after Mr. Writer where they thought, you know, he's having yeah. a pop at, you know, the media journalism in general. Yeah. And I think a lot of radio stations and, and you know, magazines and stuff refused to you know, to do anything with them. And I think I yeah, I just lost interest because they weren't around as much. Yeah. Um but I, I think the first three albums are my favourites. Um, yeah, you know,
1: right, yeah.
0: Like yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a few years went by and then obviously Dakota came out and I was like, bang, we're back. Yeah. And I was like, fuck me, that's a song. And that is probably the best song they've ever written at that time. My favourite gig is, I, I do agree that those ones were probably the ones you mentioned, you know, your Morphers and your Cardiff Castles were... Massive, yeah, and I don't think they've ever been that popular in the South Wales Valley since. You know, Um yeah. I don't know why that is, but that's how I feel. But I, I think it's that
1: sort of impact they had in it. It was that sort of right. These boys are new, or they felt new at yeah. the time. These are ours. Yeah. The Oasis was popping up, like we said earlier. Your man, your man, up north, sort of supporting them. You had your blues, who were a little bit. I don't know like an odd in my opinion so it's
0: really my opinion
1: but yeah but then i just think it was just a sudden pop of like whereas well, the album the first album was great then obviously a card castle where they played bartender for the first time and you realize this is coming again so i think they rode a really really good wave because we all felt yeah. like we were, we were with them and that's how i see it anyway um, yeah 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 or nine at the time then when Forms of cocktails comes out that's when i started properly surfing the wave so um, I, think, I think you're bang on. I think that was probably yeah, the height of they popped out in terms of the South yeah, like values, Because if you think back, right, Gwent, they had the Mannix, Newport had Feeder, Who do we have? I mean, there's only, so, there's only so many decades you can cling on to Tom Jones. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? there's so many times your grandparents to say, well, Tom's from Ponty and you've got to use that. So when somebody came along with a little bit of attitude, they almost, you almost felt like they were representing you. So felt at the time, everybody wanted to put a big finger up and say, well, fuck you, this is us. And I think yeah, that's exactly. what, I think that was the beauty of it. And I always remember when it was the Brit Awards and he went up and he said, thank you very much for the fucking...
0: Recognition.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then all the time we got
0: some recognition, yeah.
1: That's it. And I always remember that coming on teddy because I remember thinking, well, actually, that is, that's quintessential Barney attitude in a nutshell. I... I'll always go back and say that for me there's so much creativity especially in the industry i'm in in the valleys it just gets overlooked because you're almost yes. lost to the history books in a way you're lost yes. to be the grandsons and the sons of miners and that's all you're ever going to be from the outside um yeah i didn't have any miners in my family but people from outside would automatically assume that you're just one of them um but where we're from we know when we live in those valleys it is creativity and abundance everywhere. I mean, there's so many characters, there's so many stories to tell and everyone's got a story. Some people want to be a cowboy, some want to be a comedian, and you've got the hard bastards who want to beat everybody up. You've got the one guy who wants to shag every woman in the valley. So everyone's got a story revolving around these characters. And I think all that came to fruition because we grew up thinking we've only got Tom as great as he is, bless him. That's all we've been known for is our, yeah, Tom Jones. But then when these boys came out of nowhere, and he's standing in front of national TV saying, you know, what he said. And you think, actually, yeah, do you know what? That's, that's a big middle finger up to society as a whole, I think, and how they look at it. So I think, yeah, I think that's what sparked that sort of following from the beginning, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, it's funny you should mention Tom Jones. My nan told me about the time I gripped Tom Jones by because he tried to chat it up in a pub in Ponty.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah good old Tom, um, bless nice uh, old Tom. Good, uh, he's the one who wanted to shag all the girls in the valley I guess
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I think that's what he was <laughs> I think he did but I think he did
0: well I think my, yeah probably I mean my favourite gig um, I usually go to gigs with my now wife um, but the keep the village alive gig in Cardiff City Stadium yeah um I went with my old man, and uh, my oh. old man's a, a fan of the a fan of the boys. Um, but to see how excited my old man was to go, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, you know the day of of you know the gig, it was like an all day for me and my old man. So yeah. I lived I lived in Cardiff Bay at the time. So he comes around to mine. He's like, "Come on and let's go out." And this is like first thing in the morning. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: So we're down the bay and we found the only pub down the bay. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called um, the Dock now, but I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It was the only pub that was doing the phonics, you know, the beer that they had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sat in there and we're drinking phonics. I don't even like that type of stuff, but I'm drinking it just because it's phonics, you know?
2: Um,
0: And, you know, we get to the gig. um, He's like, come on in, let's buy some T-shirts. So we buy the T-shirts. Shirts, <laughs> then within the stadium, he whips out this Welsh flag and he's like, he's going mental. But just to, it was my favorite, just to see the excitement in my old man. Yeah, um, you know, being at the gig, me and him, you know, us having a, a band that we both love, you know, just just seeing how he, how excited he was and my excitement as well. Great gig, that's my favorite. Yeah,
1: I think I, general, you know the one thing. I want to do, and this is because I'm stupid now, right? Because it's, it's quite small, right? isn't it? When we talk about it, but um, my old man has worked shifts all my life, right? So even before he's born, he's four on, four off. And yeah. every time a gig comes up, he'll fall on a shift. And the only thing I want to do, it, we've seen the Eagles and Lenin Stadium. Yeah, he took me to that when I was a kid. Um, and I literally just want to get into a stereophonics gig because he's going to introduce me. He loves them just as much as I do. Respect him as much as I do, but like you just said, just witnessing your old man sort of get involved in all that and see it and actually get to see him—that's that is on my bucket list. That is as small as it seems. It's just one of those little things where you want to experience with your old man at least once, you know.
0: That's it, Um, and we've we um, just before COVID hit, um, we had tickets to go and see the Who in Cardiff. Which so, has yeah, cancelled now two years in a row. Yeah, so I, yeah. I'm going to see a band that's from his sort of time. Yeah. So um, let's talk about your favourite songs. Have you got a top three?
1: Top three. It's always hard, isn't it? Because you'll always go. I'll always throw "Just Looking" in there. That's one of those ones yeah. that's always been with me since. God, I remember listening to that on a school bus. Like I said, going to St John's, and I was like eleven. Um, on my old Alba CD player remember them CD players um, <laughs> little Walkman yeah exactly so I that's got to be up because it's followed me through um, life I suppose um, and ultimately it's gone through weddings and you know, that so that's up there hurry up and wait it's got to be up there as well um, 100% I think not up to you it's got to be up there you're looking at your sunnies, uh, rainbows and pots of gold. Um, so you can name quite a lot, but I think, yeah, for the top three, I'm gonna have to throw, yeah, just looking in there, gonna have to throw in every up and wait. And then it's got to be, it's either gonna be home to me if you remember that one. Do you remember that one? The B side, home to me. It's a really, really old, rare one. That one, I probably gonna, have. Yeah, you probably heard it. It's, I think it's out there on YouTube. If you want to YouTube it, I'll have fun um,
0: listening. The name doesn't ring a bell, to be honest. But
1: uh, basically it's. I think it was the first version, not up to you. It's the same chord okay. structure, and that, but it's more aimed at the street in commandment. Um, that's that's quite a nice one, but I'm probably going go, yeah, just look every up and wait, and then I'm going to check in. I'm going to check in, Sunny, just for. How electric that is when you see a life, I suppose. I'm going to go for those three. But I think every time anybody asks me that, all the, all the songs say my favourites, so if you're not up to you, have up and wait, just look in. There is all sort of a sense of like somebody wanting to leave the valley, I suppose. So there's, there's probably an element of um, outward looking from a young age, I think, in there. So I think, yeah, they're the ones who probably inspired me the most but then it also goes back to that Roots and Wings isn't it where they are talking about their hometowns and how they left but at the same time they're reflecting on it that's why you read those songs anyway um other people can take Absolutely. what they want but for me it's always about uh yeah Roots and Wings keeping your roots stable but when you got wings to fly you can always come back you see it live you know what I mean starts off that small piano and then builds up to that guitar solo so for me Oh, they laid this stuff, it's probably my favorite, I think, just because it's just like it's a great sort of fill up to that ending. Um, there you go, are just looking for how important that's been throughout all my life from you know weddings to being a kid in the school bus, and then um, probably go hurry up and wait. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, what you what you said about um, you know, relating to the lyrics, um, traffic definitely takes me back to um every time i hear traffic right i'm sat in Aberdeen bus stop
1: <laughs>
0: and oh, honestly
1: market, yeah pardon the big one done with the market
0: yeah and yeah. honestly god I'm, every time i hear traffic i'm just sat in Aberdeen bus stop and i am just watching the people walk by and i just i just imagine that's what kelly's doing when he's writing that song just <laughs> watching the, you know watching the people Wondering World what they're life. doing, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I am a bit of a people watcher myself. And it, I, I, every time I hear that, I'm just like, like, I'm just sat there watching these people just walk by, wondering what everybody's up
1: to. Yeah, um, but that's like and, a small town thinking in a nutshell, that is, isn't it? Because mm, you can't mm. you're writing stories of people around you.
2: Yeah,
1: that's and the
0: um, oh, the Stuart Cable one, the one that he wrote for Stuart recently. What bloody what's the name of it again? Uh, before anybody knew our it? name. Yeah. <laughs> the lyrics to that, mate, the lyrics to that, and you could probably relate it to any village in the Canon Valley, and it is always the same, you know. Um everything that is mentioned in that song is living in the valleys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely. I think um, I think he's he's just got an uncanny knack for that, haven't he? I think I know you can talk all day with inspiration and that sort of stuff and um how they were sort of the body boys who did good, they got out, got our name out there, sort of thing. Um but it's just how he how he write stories he would instantly relate to, I suppose. Um everybody's talking about um you can relate it to someone that you know. Um and I think that is because the Barley's is full of characters, like we said earlier. So I think um yeah particularly that song Definitely, but then you can look at the whole sort of word gets around album and that is just like in a nutshell that is RCT in it. Do you know what I mean? That is on the gun side. Exactly. But, exactly. You know, one of those ones where like think about it, you know, is the biggest anthem at the time was about sort of what rumour essentially said was a paedophile football coach. Do you know what I mean? Now everybody would have yeah. heard that story in, in the valley. And it's yeah. an upsetting story from either side of it. I don't know. I don't really know the truth of it. But um, he's turned Barley stories and Barley rumours mm-hmm. into something that you can relate to, in a sense. You yeah. know? Everybody, well, not everybody, but I think a lot of people can relate to suicide. So you look at a local boy and you look, and you think back and, you know, you can you can even relate to that a lot these days where it's all that quite a lot now. And that's out in the open and you can relate back to that. Um. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. He just has an uncanny knack of representing where we're from. Um, now, we know there's going to be people on Facebook and people listening to this who are going to be from up north. Could be the Midlands, could be London even, you know, further afield than that. And they'll they'll paint their own picture to the lyrics. But I think um, we've always got that sort of added a little bit of magic, you know, that we might just know who these people are he's talking about. And I think that's okay. a the beauty of it. And I think that's what um, that's what he's best at. I think is just writing those stories that everybody can relate to. But we have me and you do have that extra little bit of, like I said, magic because we can relate to those stories and we know what was the meaning behind them and everything like that. So, yeah, it's um, you know, yeah, you, you look at, for example, not up to you. I mean, you know, one part at the beginning, he's effectively talking about a guy who missed the kiss of his missus going to work in the morning and there was a crash up in Marty Mountain. And all of a sudden I think the broke died something like that. But all of a sudden it's one of those things of if we just had that one kiss, he would have missed the oncoming car. And it's, it's low and you always grow up those stories like that. Then further afield you can relate to those little things. So yeah, I think yeah, it's he does have an uncanny knack of sort of painting a picture of a working class life and working class towns like I suppose. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. Um, well, I think we're running out of time, George. Um,
1: I did say you know, that I could talk for Wales, but so you um, <laughs> pick the wrong one for the first episode, I think.
0: Well, to, to be honest, but I was I was worried we'd get, we wouldn't get 15, 20 minutes out of it. but um, <laughs> well, if, You know, if, this, look,
1: this is screaming for a part two, Paul. That's what he's doing. Definitely.
0: A hundred percent, because half of the stuff I wanted to talk about hasn't come up. Um, you know, so it's, it's definitely open for um you know part two, definitely. Um give me a time, mate, for the first episode. Well um on, thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna play you out with your favourite song. Yeah. Um but yeah, cheers George, thank you very much for coming on.
1: Thanks very much, Paul Bite. Appreciate it, man.
0: cheers buddy. I'll be in touch, we'll we'll do it again.
1: Thank you, buddy. Take care.
0: Cheers, George. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. That's the end of this episode. Please hit the follow or subscribe button um, to show your support for the podcast, but it will also notify you when the next episode is live. Once again, thank you very much for your support. And to play us out, this is our guest's favourite stereophonic song. Left
2: late in the rain from the city The station to where we sat with me. So by with a gin and a jukebox, where she likes to go. The rent stops every time that I see you, every time for sure.